all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Yeah, it's summertime and there are pools, beaches, lakes, and ponds, water all around in our southern state. All great places to cool off, but there are also places where danger can exist. More than half Americans can't swim, and I would dare say the the ratio of that is even higher in Mississippi, and many don't have all the basic swimming skills, even if they can swim. Do you? Everyone can and should learn water safety. It, it can happen. So I want today for us to talk about what we can do to help save lives. Um, we'll have an expert on later in the show who has been teaching swimming for over 45 years. Um, and, and then talk about some with someone who learned to swim as an adult as we're moving along. Some of you, um, someone who many of you know, so stay tuned and you'll get to hear from her shortly. So I wanted to talk to um, you about why this is such a huge, important issue. Um, it is the first leading cause, the leading cause of accidental death in toddlers. And it's second, uh, only under mo- motor vehicle accidents in, in our older children, um, the second cause of death. So many children die from this, and adults. Um, yeah, there's so many people, there's so much that we could do if we only made sure that everybody knew about water safety and had the basic skills in swimming. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me talk to you about a survey that happened by the American Red Cross uh, back in 2014. Um, As I noted in the opening, only about 54% of Americans either um, can't swim or don't have all the basic swimming skills. We also found um, from that survey that one in three, 33% of African Americans report that they can perform all five basic swimming skills um, compared to about 51% of whites. Um, Also, that um, even though uh, many Americans say they can swim, only only 56% can really do basic skills that could save a life in the water. So um, we have a big problem here, especially when we are all so drawn to the 
water. Now, some of you might not be, and there are some individuals out there who don't know how to swim because um, there are some issues there that may be causing um, problems with water competency, um, like you had a bad experience in the water when you were young. Perhaps you had a terrible scare. Um, Maybe you never had the opportunity to learn how to swim because you had a parent who was terrified of the water. Um, That's a possibility. Um, Maybe um, you just couldn't seem to learn the basics because you didn't have someone competent teaching you how to swim. All of those are possibilities. But the bottom line is that Um, with drowning being the number two cause of accidental death in older children and the number one cause in toddlers, we've got to do something. There are about 750 children who drown every year. About 375 of them will do so. Listen to this. This is terrifying within 25 yards of a parent or another adult. So according to the Centers for Disease Control, in about 10% of those drownings, the adult will actually watch the child in the middle of drowning and not having any idea of what's happening. So um, I want to point out early on, and we'll talk about this um, later, There is an excellent article in Slate magazine. It's online, and it's about um, drownings don't really look like drownings, and we'll talk about that as we move along. But what I want to talk about right now is, is general water safety and what we need to do. There, there are plenty of strategies out there and um, that you can use personally. So my question to you is, do you know how to swim as an adult? If you don't, why not? Call in, give us your story, tell us what's going on with you. And do you feel like there was something that stood in the way of your ability? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So, um, I think everybody who listens to this show knows that I am um, an older individual. When I grew up, the American Red Cross taught swim lessons at the public swimming pools. My daughter was my. my daughter. My father was an avid swimmer. He was in the Navy, knew how to swim, and insisted that his children learn to swim. And so at a very young age, uh, I learned, and, and I love the water, and I love to swim. Um, but all of my siblings did not have the same love of the water. I'm one of eight. And even though um, my father um, really tried to push the swimming, um, some took to it more than others, but all of us learned water safety. And that's what I'm saying. Even if you don't love, love the water and don't want to be in it or around it, you need to know water safety. And that's 
what I want you to to understand today as you're listening to this show. If you don't care about the water, you don't care about the beach or going out to a lake, know that there'll be a circumstance because we live in the South. We live, many of us, near the Gulf. And um, there are lakes everywhere and ponds. And so there will be an instance when you will need to know what to do to help yourself or to help someone else. So, again, uh, I want you to join in the conversation if you have some thoughts or concerns um, about what I'm saying as we move along. And you can join in. Uh, Just give us a call at uh, one eight seven seven mpb ring that's 877-672-7464, um, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, I believe we have a caller already, Shamika from Mendenhall. Shamika, good morning. Hi. Thanks so much for calling in. Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, for me, being an adult, not able to swim, um, growing up, there was nowhere to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm from Mendenhall. We really don't didn't have a city pool. The closest city pools that I knew of were in Jackson, and also coming from um, a kind of impoverished neighborhood, we just didn't have those options. I remember my mom going and building like a backyard pool, but that wasn't enough to really learn the technique. Women. Right. And that that is absolutely one of the issues that we have in um, our state, our largely rural state. So if you are not near um, a town with a YMCA or a public pool of some sort, then many times you do have an issue. So... Um, one thing that we could do, and and as we move along um, in this show, I, I would love to hear from others who have done this. There are plenty of excellent swimmers out there, swimmers in small towns who have, have learned how to swim and who know the basic safety skills of swimming. And we'll talk about those with our swimming experts soon. It seems to me that what we need is a big push so that in every small town like Mendenhall that there is a designated swim expert who could be um, one who either for a small fee or from the city, the townspeople, we need a groundswell of people who are willing to make opportunities there for our children and adults who need to learn how to swim and how to do the water safety. Um, Because um, what Shamika just brought out is that this is one of those opportunities that's not always available to all. You know, in our area, in central Mississippi, we, we do have several different opportunities in YMCAs and private um, swimming schools, but um, but our public swim schools that are open to everyone who wants to come in, it costs something. And so for those who live in poverty, then what? So, um, Shamika, did you ever learn to swim? I know a little more than I did growing up. 
now that I have kids, um, I try to, you know, look things up online and try to teach them what I've learned. You know, just basic water safety. But they themselves have never taken a class. They, you know, they just kind of get in the pool and play around. But they they at least know how to be safe in doing that. Well, you know, it might it might really be a good thing for you to uh, reach out to your city government and see if they would be willing to bring someone in once a year to help with um, swim lessons. I think it would be it would be a great thing for you to do. And um, think about it; it might be worthwhile. Uh, there are also some online um, water safety. Um, so um, that you can at least look at. So thanks for your call. I think you started us out. We've got some other callers online, but I think I'm being told we need to go to our first break. And when we come back, um, we'll get to our other callers online and we'll bring in um, our first guest caller. This is Relatively Speaking. We're talking about water safety, swim safety, in adults and children, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about water safety, swim safety, preventing drownings, one of the most preventable deaths that we could do if we just had everybody well-educated. So um, in a few minutes, we will have a guest caller, but right now let's go to Shirley and Starkville um, to... Keep us going on what we need to do about this water safety. Hi, Shirley. Are you there? Yes. Um, thank you for this very timely program. And I, I agree with you uh, that water safety um, and the ability to swim are both very uh, necessary. And that's why when our kids were little, uh, we made sure that they had swimming lessons. However, I need to add a little historical perspective um, relative to the uh, statistics that you gave at the top of the program, uh, Mm -hmm. the percentage of African-Americans who uh, know how to swim and those who don't. Um, I don't know if you're a native Mississippian or not, but, um, you know, earlier uh, from the uh, 60s and 70s and earlier, uh, African-Americans were prevented from swimming in the public uh, swimming pools, even on the beaches down on the Gulf Coast. And so... Um, you know, a number of people did not, uh, you know, learn how to swim uh, because right. they were prevented right. from doing so. Absolutely. And I think and I, you and know, um, yeah. that needs to be added to the reasons, you know, that a number of uh, African Americans did not learn how to swim early on. Um, so I just wanted to You're absolutely right. Respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for that, Shirley. And that is an absolute reason that mm-hmm. um that that African Americans who were my age didn't 
Mm-hmm. Um, learn, many of them didn't learn to swim. Um, and if you if you were in whether you were impoverished or not, um, exactly. because there 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 was that uh, discrimination there. And and one of our issues um, that we're back to now is that um, because of that, if you have a parent who is not comfortable in the water and didn't learn the basics, then it can be one of those self-perpetuating things. So what we need to do now is is make that perpetuating issue stop. We need to move forward and and get public swim courses taught again um, in every every town in every area and make it accessible to all um, so I, I agree with you and thank you for calling in I, um, I like I said I, I grew up during that era I understand it it was wrong um, we've got to go forward and make it right so all right. I believe we have another caller from Joan. Um, hi, yes. Joan. Hey, good Thanks morning. For Thank calling. you for this. Thank you for this program. It's very important. But another thing to consider is I'm in my 70s, and there weren't swimming lessons offered. Uh, my dad thought the only way a kid could learn was to throw them out in the deep end of the creek. So oh, I, developed a, I just developed a fear of water. Uh, and then I was caught in an undertow as a small child. But now I enjoy the water, but my head has to be above the water and my feet have to be touching the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I you know, that is... Enjoy it. That is one of... Yeah, that's one of the cited reasons for people not having good safety skills because of some traumatic event that yeah. happened and, and certainly... Um, you know, again, uh, I don't know if I said this at the beginning. I don't believe I, I did. Um, human beings are not innate swimmers. They're not. Um, we don't just naturally know how to swim. In infants, there is a diving reflex that causes, it's a survival thing, The mm-hmm. you know, the the movement and the holding your breath. Um, it's mm-hmm. Um, innate characteristics, but knowing exactly how to swim and continue that is not something that's inborn. So you have to learn, and you have to learn from somebody who knows how to teach it competently without terrifying you. Uh, That doesn't mean every child who gets in the pool is going to be happy and smile because of the water or splashing in their face, but it's someone who knows to help them get beyond that. So um, it sounds like, Joan, you know, um, one of the, there are five basic um, safety issues for swimming skills. And water comfort is number one. So getting someone comfortable in the water (laughs) without just throwing them in and terrifying them is is sort of number one. Um, And it sounds like you never completely were able to learn that so no but our that happened to you? <laughs> my children are good swimmers and all and my grands and great grands so I didn't let that interfere with their enjoyment and their lessons but uh, good there good for you yeah. 
so. Well, thanks for your call. And I think you've pointed out something that our listeners need to know. Um, to, To learn what it takes to develop those basic swim skills. And water comfort is number one. And then breath control, floating, kicking, and strokes. And we'll talk to our swim expert in a little bit about all of that. And we'll talk to her about maybe some ideas on adults, what they need to do to get back to the comfort in in water. So thanks for your call and thanks for listening. Um, all right. I know we have some open lines, but we're gonna I'm gonna give you the number if you want to go ahead and call in at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But I want to go on to our our guest caller, a good friend of mine, Rita Brent. Many of you may know her from her stint on MPB, but um Rita is one of those who did not learn as much water comfort as a child and then did as an adult. Hey, Rita. Hi, Dr. Butchers. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Thanks for calling. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about now, when when I got to know you, you and I talked about um, my love for the water and swimming and all, and you told me that you were just not a comfortable swimmer. You were not comfortable in the water. You never learned that. Though you did learn some swimming as a young child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom used to so, work at the Baptist uh, Health Complex in Jackson, and they used to give swimming lessons. So I was in my early teens, and I was learning the basics of swimming, different strokes, but I never got to learn how to swim in the deep water. So that's where my discomfort comes from. Like a previous caller, I need to be able to feel my feet on the bottom of the floor. Um, But my mom also suffered a traumatic type experience when she was younger. Someone threw her in the deep end of water and she had to be rescued. So she has an extreme fear of water and she won't put more than her knees and ankles in the water and that's it. And then you move on to my grandmother, and she's the type who's afraid of what's in it. You don't know what's in the water. And (laughs) as Americans, we don't care about sharks and dolphins and all of that because we're afraid of animals, (laughs) a lot of animals in the water. So it was just a mixture of all that, thinking about what my mom went through. My granny's fears are in me about not knowing what's in the water, and then my own discomfort with being in the deep water. Right, right. And so... Obviously, listeners, you're hearing what Rita's saying is that, you know, and and Joan in Alabama talking about needing to feel the bottom. So what happens if you are in a pool and you don't exactly know where it gets over your head? Or um, worse than that, if you're in the ocean or in a lake and you suddenly hit a deep spot, you have to get comfortable with being able to tread water, to turn on your back and float. And I know, um, Sharita, that's what um, what you worked on um, as an adult, right, to get more comfort um, in, in being yes, able absolutely. to just float. Yeah. And Do I you feel like you've made some progress? You. Yeah, absolutely. I have to credit you with that for even caring enough to say, 
all right, look, we need to get you some lessons so you'll be comfortable in the water because it's essentially a life survival skill being able to, you know, if I'm on a boat or something or on a cruise, I feel like I always have this fear inside me like, oh, my gosh, what if something happens and I end up being in the water, I need to be able to float or tread water or something. So I, I appreciate you stressing the importance of that to me, which is you need to learn how to swim because it's, it's an essential survival survival skill, and uh, that's what the, the swim coach was telling me. I think it was last year I was uh, taking swim lessons again, and it really does just make me feel more comfortable now when I'm around water. So I'm still working on the treading water part. I'm less anxious and less afraid than I have ever been as an adult, um, and it, it just it's really helpful for when I do things like travel and I see water because the anxiety can get really serious if you can't swim. It'll it'll paralyze you. You won't want to go swimming. You will just want to stay away from all water activities, and that's really just not a healthy thing as a, as an adult because you're going to be around water. That's exactly right. You're going to be around water. And, you know, it, it always, we hear every year about individuals, adults or teens, who who drown, who aren't swimmers, but they get in a boat because it seems like fun or they want to go fishing and um, they don't, you know, even a life preserver, you, you really need to have some basic survival skills. So thank you for saying that. I do think that, you know, like... With one of our earlier callers, if everybody would start reaching out to others who who perhaps don't swim or need some basic skills and try to help them access um, a way to get that. And um, so, yeah, Rita, you, you are, and, you know, when you told me that you didn't feel as comfortable in the water, it surprised me so much because I don't know, people who don't know Rita, she is very athletic, a strong individual who just can do almost anything. She plays the drums, <laughs> she's a comedian, she um, is radio and TV, and and so that's a skill that, that we all need, and sometimes we just assume everybody has, but they don't. So, right. I don't I know. You have to. I know you are. To um, any parting words to stress. Yes, um, you know, during the summer, it seems that teenagers are more involved with water, and it may be an uncool thing to say that you don't know how to swim. And you do this thing where you fake it until you make it and you don't wear a life jacket or you hang around on the deep end and you don't know how to swim. I, I would just like to stress to younger kids to not do that. You know, if you don't know how to swim, speak up. If you're in an area where you're on a on a boat or whatever, wear a life jacket. You know, I, I know it's not cool sometimes to have a life jacket on, but it really could save your life. And if you can't swim, say something. Because it seems like teenagers now are like, oh, I just want to be cool and I'm going to go into this unfamiliar water. And I'm pretty sure that contributes to drowning as well. So that that was my only additional thought. Absolutely. That is an excellent point. And you're right. For teenagers, it's so important to be like your peers. And, you know, that's one point that has has been pointed out that adolescents sometimes can be overconfident and what they can do. And the other thing that adolescents and adults do is combine alcohol 
use and swimming and water sports and that is just all wrong and so dangerous so um, really really important to keep in mind there's so many lives that we could save if if all of that Rita thanks so much for your call thanks for sharing with us you made some great points sounds like we're taking our next break and when we come back we'll talk um, to our swimming expert who's taught swimming for 45 years. She's going to have a lot of tips for us. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. Thank you for listening and thank you to our callers. We're talking about swimming safety, water safety, learning how to swim, making sure everybody can be water safe. Um, we want you to join in. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. In just a moment, like I promised, we're going to talk to our swim expert. But let us go to Chris in Vicksburg first um, before we get. Hi, Chris. Thanks for calling. Hi. Good morning. Um, just a, uh, you know, I know what you're talking about, uh, but just a slight twist on what you're talking about as far as the uh, water safety and this is something uh-huh. that i personally am guilty of when i was about 20 years old i'm 45 now but we went to a rock quarry and we would jump we were jumping in and then years later i thought about it and i saw something some about safety about jumping into unknown waters and you don't know whether there's rocks under there or how deep it is you know just jumping head first is a dangerous thing as far as water goes and when you're young and you start learning to swim, you know, you could get overconfident like you were talking about a moment ago and forget about those kind of safety issues. Absolutely. Chris, that's a great point. And, you know, there are many individuals who have been severely injured or killed from jumping in, being cavalier. I think uh, Rita Brent just mentioned the fact that Especially as adolescents or young adults, um, we get very cavalier and overconfident and want to look cool. And um, so jumping off a cliff, jumping into a lake, you know, even in lakes, if you remember, many times there's stumps. Our large reservoir in um, central Mississippi is a wonderful recreational place, and there are tree stumps everywhere. People have been injured so many times. So thank you for calling in and making that point. It it really is not a sidebar. It's it's all part of that water safety issue, Chris. So appreciate you. All right. Uh, let's go on to our swim expert. I promised everybody we would hear from. Linda Maley is a swimming teacher extraordinaire. She has been teaching for 45 years plus. Um, 
since she was very tiny, a toddler teaching swimming, I'm sure. Um, so, Linda, I really appreciate you calling in and joining us to talk to us a little bit about your thoughts. Uh, I know you've been listening to the callers and and what's been going on with their thoughts, but I'll I'll have a few questions to throw at you in a moment, but thanks for being here. Oh, so happy that you're shedding light on what this is one of the most important things parents can do for their children is to make sure that they know how to swim and the parents need to know too. So Linda, talk to us um, a little bit about just sort of basic, what what would you in, include as the very bare basics of being safe in the water as far as swim safety? Well, Everybody needs to know how to swim, but, but there is a level of swimming. Uh, the basic water safety skills, they need to know how to enter the water, surface, turn around and climb out. They should be able to propel themselves. It doesn't have to be a stroke, uh, at least 25 yards. Um, they need to be able to float on their backs, um, tread water, and be able to um, exit the water. So those are just basic skills that everyone should know. And those are those are skills that could really save your life, just being able to tread water, to not panic. We heard from two people today already who said that they had finally gotten comfortable enough in the water to get in it, but their feet had to touch the ground. I mean, the, the bottom of the pool or the lake or whatever they were in. And that doesn't always happen, does it? You can't always predict. No, no. and and panic really is uh, the reason people drown uh, because a right. lot of times they could have stood up or grabbed a side or even reached for something somebody was throwing to them, and um, they don't. They just absolutely panic. So learning that water comfort and the ability to at least tread water or I know that um, one individual who is a great friend of mine, uh, Denise Jones, who taught at your um, swim school um, was also reminding, reminding us as we were talking about water safety is just learn how to turn on your back and float on your back. Exactly. Um, can can be a life saving um skill. So but so many times that just doesn't happen. Um you, Linda, the other thing that I thought uh I'm glad Chris from Vicksburg called in to talk about the mm-hmm. fact that people uh jump into unknown waters and, and I'll just mention we've been down at the beach with um my grandchildren, and they all can swim, some better than others. The oldest is nine, Sela, and she is an excellent swimmer. Uh, learned it, by the way, Linda's school. Um, I remember Sela very well. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, when we were walking along the beach, there was a, a tidal pool, and for those uh, listeners who don't know what a tidal pool is, it's where their um, water comes across the sand um, into a deeper area of the beach and forms a pool. Um, 
and so there's sand all around it. So there's a pool, and it looks like a lot of fun, and you can just run in and jump in it. But as we were walking down the beach, this tidal pool was um, over my son-in-law's head. So, um, you know, the kids could have run into that tidal pool and jumped in and immediately been over their head. So understanding that you never jump in to a body of water without knowing where the bottom is and how safe it is is something, right? Right. Um, Uh, We have uh, told the children that they never swim alone, but they never go head first into shallow water. They always need to know how deep the water is. Um, your listener before was talking about um, the gravel pit that they were jumping into, but even if you're on the reservoir or on the Pearl River, the, the depth of the water changes even from one day to the next. Um, you do not know how shallow, uh, especially at the beach, you see a lot of kids diving in head first, and um, the sand can be a lot shallower than what you're thinking. Exactly. And we can have a neck, um, back injury, something like that, um, because of the force that they use to run and dive. That's why you see um, so many places now taking their diving boards out because it is so dangerous. And in the residential pools, any who still have their diving boards, um, there's just a little square at the bottom that you really have to hit. The sides slope up, and more teenage boys, young adult males, were really uh, severely injured because they take a run and jump, and then they're sort of Mm -hmm. diving, but they're diving out, and they're hitting the wall that's that's sloping up. And that's why um, a lot of people and even facilities have taken their boards out. So, um, Linda, have you ever had anyone that you just could not teach to swim? I know there's some listeners out there who don't swim, and they just wonder. No, what they do is they give up too soon. Everybody can learn to swim, um, but some people it takes longer, and especially if they have a lot of fear going in. um, It just is going to take longer. If they keep trying, uh, they will, and practicing, they will learn to swim. Did I don't know if you were able to hear one of our earlier callers who said she had uh, such a fear of water and one of the reasons um, that she never learned to be a really strong swimmer was that her father thought the way to teach a child was just to throw them in the deep end and um, yeah, let them try to figure out how yeah. to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question. Before okay. we got... Um, Earlier when we were talking before the radio show, mm-hmm. we, um, we, we were talking about the fact that um, sometimes when young children cry, their parents just hurt so badly for them and mm-hmm. they stop. Talk to us about right. that. Well, we teach a lot of adults, and um, the top three reasons that they don't know how to swim um, is one, no opportunity to, um, they had something, uh, they experienced it. A drowning, someone drowning, or they had the experience your your listener did. Um, but the other one is that I didn't want to, mama didn't make me. And we see that all the time where um, children are crying. It's it's normal and natural sometimes 
it's a new experience and it's different because it's not ballet gymnastics. There's water involved and um, they will cry. They have to learn to submerge. Now we try a loving, gentle approach. I don't believe in the method of throwing them in sink or swim type stuff, but um, if they will work with them and with us or any of the others, and it's, it's a safety issue. It's like a car seat. Sure. They have to, Sure. To sit in their car seat. They have to learn to swim. They do not have the judgment of young children to know what's best for them. Just like if they had to have a shot, surgery, uh, broken something. I mean, they're going to cry, but you're still going to go through with it because it's in the child's best interest. It's a safety issue. I like the equating it to a car seat. I really Mm -hmm. do because we know car seats save lives and we know that that knowing how to swim can save lives, knowing water safety. Okay, we're going to go to our final break. Hang in there with us, Linda. Callers, feel free to call in. Uh, We've got one eight seven seven mpb ring You can call in at 877-672-7464, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're talking about swim, swimming, learning to swim, water safety, why it's so important. It's important as seatbelts and car seats. All right. Well, let's go on back to the phones. Uh, we have Kay in Memphis. Hi, Kay. Thanks for calling. It was Rita D that Hello? you had been talking to when you mentioned drums and comedians. Hi. Uh, no, I, I will really quickly tell you, I never learned to swim until I was a junior at what was in MSCW's now, we just call it the W, because there at that time, right. you could you could not get your diploma unless you passed an intermediate swimming. I don't oh, know wow. whether they still have that requirement or not, but you could not, only if you had a doctor's uh, certificate saying that you physically were not able to swim. So that was one good thing, because that's where I learned. And then we had a, a boy that we adopted as an infant, and he, when he got old enough to be just in a little kiddie pool, he would just cry in terror if it was more than two or three inches. So I got him to the Y when he was at proper age. And he just kept on and kept on. And he didn't stop until he became a Red Cross lifeguard. Wow. Good for you. And I I think I remember hearing that about the W and their Mississippi University for Women now, I believe. And um, I, I remember hearing that and, and thinking that it was such a good thing. And I think they did a good thing for many women because back in the day when we were growing up, 
um, actually, a lot of women did not learn how to swim. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in the country, and, and, many of, and we had a little swimming hole that the, my brother and dad and mama go into, but well, I'm not not me, not me. And I was terrified yeah. when I started uh, yeah. taking lessons at the Y. I would stand out two or three feet from the side of the pool, and then I would lunge forward on my face and grab the edge. You know, that, <laughs> that's how terrified I was. And I think now there were two or three instances in my growing up that if I, if our canoe had fallen, you know, shock or we had some kind of accident, I would probably have drowned and not be here today. So right. it is really right. important and for kids. Right. That's exactly what um, Linda and I were talking about, is that um, in this area, even if you don't love, love the water, there are a lot of times people get around it and get in dangerous positions. You've got to have those life-saving skills. So thanks so much for your call, Kay. I appreciate you listening and calling in. Um, All right. Well, let's go. We have Chris now. Chris, hi, you're hi, back. Me again. <laughs> uh, I was listening to you, and you, you mentioned something about um, the confidence level and the fear level of children trying to learn right. to swim. And I wanted to share a story, and right. maybe other parents can, uh, you know, take from it. Is I've had my daughter in the pool since she was six months old, and until she was five years old, she was too afraid to let go of the side or get off the steps and things like that. And then one day. And, I, and she went through swimming lessons and everything, but she was too afraid to let go of the side. So one day I went and got her a pair of goggles, made sure they fit her right and everything. And then I tossed my keys into the deep end. And she just darted because now she could see underwater. It was, it was the fear of having huh. to close her eyes and the fear of unknown. But now she could see yeah. underwater, and she took off like a dolphin. That's interesting. Linda, any are you still there? Yes, I am. Any um, comments Chris, about that? Yes. Um, Chris, you are correct. We use goggles in our swim lessons for that exact purpose. You know, if you're walking around in the dark and you can't see anything in an unfamiliar room, it is scary. But once uh, you put the goggles on them, it's like, oh, wow, now I can see, and it does help a lot with learning to swim. Now, we need to take those goggles off, and in our lessons, we don't use them the whole time because when they jump in or, or go down a slide or in the water unexpectedly uh, by being pushed in, usually they won't have their goggles on or they'll get knocked off. So exactly. when we go down the slide or jump in, um, we take the goggles off so they understand the goggles aren't the reason why they can swim. Right. Right. She's a Well, thanks so much, everybody. This has been great. We are in our last minute or so. And I just wanted to um, thank you, Chris, for calling back. You've had two great points. And I want to thank Linda, um, Maylee, so much for all that you do and preventing so many of those preventable deaths out there, Linda. Um, and I know you've trained so many people to do the same. So thank you for your work. And thanks again to Rita Brent for calling in and all our other callers. I wanted to just make a point. Um, everybody, please go to Drowning Doesn't Look Like Drowning. It's an article from Slate Magazine. Read it 
so that you'll understand when somebody's in trouble in the water, it's not always as obvious as you think, um, and that you need to know how to get help without drowning yourself, okay? So water safety, very, very important. Thank everybody for joining in, and I hope we'll, everybody will have a great, safe summer. Um, today's show is I'm McAdoo and our call screener, Jay White. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and that you stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.